0: Welcome to the second season of Our Triune Pod. We are still preparing you to praise. Join me, the Reverend Nick Comiskey, and the Reverend Bendy Hart for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the Psalms. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time.
1: Welcome back to our Triune Pod. It's my last podcast in New York City. Really sad about that, but excited about Birmingham.
0: Nick, how are things in Raleigh? Things in Raleigh are wonderful. The year of our COVID gods 2022 has begun and uh, things are good, man. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Did you get hit with this uh, winter storm that the South got slammed with? Yeah, we had a bunch of snow that fell like rain if that makes sense like it was snow coming down but then when it hit the ground it just turned to like water so it was it was pretty as a matter of fact but But, kind of lame no it was cool it wasn't lame at all
1: no no days off for the kids no No, like no no days
0: off yeah no two hour delays um hey man i want to spring unrelated on you so uh i think both of us have on this podcast publicly criticized the notion of new year's resolutions Mostly mm-hmm. because they don't oftentimes don't work because 12 months is a long time to do anything. It's but um, I haven't really prepped you, but like, how about a quarter or a third of the year resolutions? Like, what's mm-hmm. a realistic thing you want to do or not do over the next three, four months?
1: Dude, let's Rick Warrenize this. Let's make it over 40 days. So what am I, what am I, <laughs> no, <laughs> what's my like, 40 days? resolution? What
0: are your 40 days of purpose about? Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> what I want to know. For those of you who don't know, purpose-driven life super popular book like 20 years ago you had 40 days to essentially change your life and a lot of people were really blessed by that so i don't want to mock it but for 40 days i want to jump on my peloton for 40 days in a row there you go there you have it i want to get a little more fit yeah man are you i mean I'm, i'm three days in come on now come on oh good no, actually it's cool. impossible for me because i'm about to move and my my peloton will be put in storage for a little while but well i guess it's just kind of work out for 40 days straight yeah so dang yeah that's good so how about you you can have more than 40 days if you want you can have yeah, a. yeah i do i months. have a good
0: answer i i asked you this question i already have an answer in mind um so this is going to be the most like on-brand lame pretentious but whatever answer in the world but I, with a couple of guys from our church, we're going to try, I'm going to reread infinite jest. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have like a reading plan and everything. It's, it's a, it's a very long book, but, uh, I'm Mm -hmm. excited about it over three months. Yeah. I think we're going to start like in mid January and go through like the end of April. I don't know. I just Mm -hmm. like, I literally Googled infinite jest reading plan and there was like nine, (laughs) like right away. So I just like, (laughs) there's like Bible plans
1: infinite Jess reading plans.
0: <laughs> totally. Totally. Man. Now, does
1: this yeah, reading man. plan include the mountainous end notes?
0: Oh, the end notes are like the best part, dude. All That's the funny stuff is in the end notes. Yeah. Like yeah. my favorite, one of my favorite lines of literature. It's like, it's in the first like 15 pages. I don't even remember the context. because I read the book like 10 years ago, but It was this line, it was describing this one character and uh, David Foster Wallace described him as sheened with meth sweat. (laughs) I'll never forget coming across that phrase. I loved it.
1: So all you listeners out there who are dying to read, you know, four or five pages long footnotes, um, why don't you uh, email Nick Comiskey and get on board with that three
0: months? Yeah, just DM, just DM the uh, Instagram handle and I'll send you the, uh, I'll send you the reading list. And you guys have started yet. So you're like three days in. No, 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 no. We're starting January
1: seventeenth. So, oh, yeah, guys, two more weeks. I mean, yeah. that's about when all of you who are going to read the Bible in a year have given up. So, why yeah, not we like, up the, the Genesis?
0: Like, uh, who's Abraham, Isaac? Yeah, no, they those always crash on the hard rocks of Leviticus for sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. The bold of you make it to Numbers, but uh, but we want to bless Bible reading endeavors. We're pastors. We're all about the Bible. So, to the Bible. We're going to read from Psalm 29. This is the Sunday after the Epiphany, and there's a reason why this psalm is chosen for the first Sunday after the Epiphany. And it goes like this. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The voice, the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord splits the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees writhe and strips the forests bare. And in the temple of the Lord, all are crying, glory. The Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forevermore. The Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessings of peace. Nick, ascribe to the Lord the honor to his
0: name. What do you have? Ben, your voice makes my heart skip like a calf. Um, the, all right, so let's start. Uh, I thought it was gonna be funny, man. You just didn't even, you didn't even laugh. I bombed. Sorry, guys. Too, too predictable. <laughs> <I'll> laugh. <laughs> um, okay, man. Well, let's start with the audience of this psalm. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods. Um, who, who are, who are we talking to? You know, I think every, I mean, I think this is the only psalm that is addressed to the, uh, heavenly court. And I'm going to read, couple different points in this pod i'm going to read from a couple commentaries just because i don't know that's how i wrote i don't have any original thoughts um and here's what the, just, uh, i just wonder- plagiarized look at nick he's he's doing due diligence <laughs> no, well no that's those are my sermons my, my man um so the the quote from the commentary the psalm envisions the scene more uh described more fully in such passages as psalm 89 isaiah 6 and revelation 4 one through 11 and so what we're I think asked to imagine here is the children of Israel kind of rehearsing this psalm but their audience is of course them but more directly the audience is the the heavenly court I don't know the four living creatures or the elders or I don't know whatever is up there in the realm that's as real as ours we just cannot see but it is a call to for those beings to give reverence to God to ascribe to the Lord glory and strength it's it's a cosmic psalm more than it is a political or a kind of horizontal psalm it is like straight up and it is saying to all the lesser spiritual beings in the uh the three-tiered universe to ascribe to the lord um ben do you believe in demons yeah because the bible talks about them of course no (laughs) but it is i mean i don't know i don't really have a lot to say in this first point other than just like it is a it is a it's worth pausing and just reflecting on the Bible, assuming the existence of these spiritual beings, and there are and you know we're calling these beings to worship uh, the one true God. It's kind of kind of wild. Yeah, I kind of wonder too if it's you know if it
1: has the you know the, the nations in mind. The nations worship these other gods that are no gods at all, uh, but it's a call for these gods that might represent you know rain or thunder or this or that, to look to the one who is the Lord of all. I think that's what makes sense with the voice, but you'll get to that.
0: That's definitely true. But I was reading, you know, in the history of interpretation, like most pre-modern commentators took it as that, as people, but apparently, I mean, I'm not like a Bible archeology span guy, but apparently there was a discovery in the 20th century of some tablet in the sands of Iraq that unearthed the existence of this like pantheon of Canaanite deities that had purchase on lots of people's hearts and imagination. So I don't think the Bible is assuming their existence in the way that they were thought of, but I think that was in some ways a kind of, you know, a, a contextual, like I think it was speaking to what people perceived to be real gods out there. And it was a Uh reminder that these gods do not command nature. Like, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, I mean, so it's definitely a both and and language from this Psalm is used in other Psalms to specifically to the nation. So it has, it's both, but I think there is a kind of a focus here on like cosmology, you know, like the powers and principalities and it's calling them to, you know, honor and revere God. Yeah. So, um, that's okay. That's the first thing I had to say. Second thing, you know, is, um, is the way that this Psalm subverts, not subverts, but it, it is, an alternative like post fall look at the way God and the majesty and power of God is displayed in creation. I mean, if you compare this psalm to Genesis one, you know, what happens to Genesis one, the Lord speaks and the Lord brings order to chaos. You know, he, you know, the, the stars and the sky and the animals and ultimately human beings, but it is of this dark formless void order and elegance and beauty comes and it's through the voice of the Lord here, like post Eden, it is a, the voice of the Lord, not in the majesty, not in the beauty and elegance of nature. It's in like what we would call today, like natural disasters. It's the way God's power is displayed in floods and earthquakes and fires in the desert and trees being stripped bare. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a hard truth, but I think the most direct reading of this Psalm is like what we call natural disasters. I know now it's like, there's climate change and different factors, but just these like inexplicable acts of nature where we are reminded how small and how tenuous our hold on the universe is. I think what the Psalmist is saying is like, it is right to use those occasions as, as reasons to fear the Lord and the majesty of God, because God is, of course, at work, you know, bringing all things to order and all things new, but in, even in like the chaos of creation as we experience it now, there is like something of God's power and majesty in that as well. It just kind of reminds me of when, you know,
1: most of the time I'm, I'm most I feel okay. I feel kind of in control, an illusion of control. And then like, you know, one of the dominoes gets pushed over in my life and it affects everything else. And I realize how small I am. And that's when I say my, my usual prayer, which isn't glory be to you, oh Lord, it's help. Totally. Um, and I begin totally, to realize man. just how desperate and needy and small I am. And a song like this, I think, highlights that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was uh, 1992 or 94. I don't remember. I think it was 92. The um, the Northridge earthquake in Los Angeles, you know, so I was born and raised there. And I I remember, I mean, I think what happened was there was a um, like a little tremor, like right before the main earthquake and it woke me up. And so I was wide awake when everything in my house was like in a blender. I mean, I will never forget the like violence of that earthquake where like the wall that I'm looking at now was like jello, you know, it was just shaking so violently. And my dad ran in the room. I shared a room with my little brother and he, my little brother's like three years old at the time. And he just grabbed my little brother and ran out of the room. And I was just like, dad, where, what the heck? You know, but it was, I mean, it was, it was terrifying. And it was, I mean, you know, it's again, a very literal direct interpretation, but it is like, yeah, I, there was no, there was no mindfulness. There was nothing you could do in that scenario, except like, Lord, please, you know, I mean, you were so so utterly powerless to do anything about it. And I kind of think that is what's envisioned here is like this, the majesty and power of God, just like shaking that, which can be shaken. Right. You know, it's it's wild.
1: And a reminder that we're always like that. Even if we feel like we're okay, we're always pretty desperate,
0: and dependent. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that is exactly right, man. Okay. Yeah. Well just to around this idea of the way that God's power is displayed. Um, let me just, can I just read a line from Ellen Cherry, who's a fantastic Please. writer. Bless those coins. Um, listening Israelites certainly know that God could at any moment unleash the violent forces of nature against them. The psalmist's strategy here is to invoke raw fear of brute power which God is not afraid to brandish when necessary as evidenced by the transformation of the peaceful garden into the raging flood in the first six chapters of Genesis order and chaos are but a hair's breadth from one another and God controls the space between them. That's good. That's, that's some hope right there. Yeah. the Lord is in control. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, man. Um, well, okay. Yeah. I think the third thing to reflect on here is, and I don't exactly know how to plan this plane, but as you hinted at at the beginning, this Psalm takes place on a, is read on a very specific Sunday. And it's the, the first Sunday after the epiphany, which is the baptism of our Lord. It's when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan. And that's the kind of focus of this Sunday in most Anglican Episcopal churches. Um, but you know, do you notice like there are there's the parallels and the surprising parallels in this Psalm and those different texts in the gospels that describe the baptism of Jesus. There is a voice from heaven and there is, you know, water in some ways. Right. And so, whereas like the God, God's declaration over the Messiah, you are my beloved son and you, I am well pleased. He is like claiming Christ as the his own or, you know, whatever. Uh, here it's like, God is speaking through the water and he's laying claim to the cosmos. He's saying all of you gods and spiritual beings out there in the universe, like this, you are mine too, in some ways. Right. It's like this, this weird parallel. Yeah. I think we see that a lot in kind of Eastern Orthodox iconography
1: too, if they really kind of capture that ancient cosmology with, you know, the, the waters is symbolizing chaos. And here Jesus has gone into the waters of chaos. And that voice is speaking over his son. Essentially, you know, a little picture of the conquering of the chaos uh, that we'll see realized at the cross. But here we see the voice that's mentioned. I mean, how many times do we see the word voice in the song? Is it like 15? <laughs> it's Yeah, a lot. That voice that's talking about, you know, the, these very powerful natural phenomena is now that voice is over a human, over someone, you know, on some level as, as, as fragile as you and me. And in this person, the Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace and the chaos is defeated in this one.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just, this Psalm is a very helpful reminder of the identity of the, the voice that spoke to Jesus, uh, on the river jordan right it's like the cosmology of the psalm makes our christology in the gospel reading that much more pronounced and, and high mm. right it's like because yeah. if, if you lose that it's like jesus guru worship like this isolated event in a armpit of the roman empire but it's like no the one who spoke those words over jesus is the same lord whose voice breaks the cedar trees you know that are 20 feet wide and 150 feet high, you know, the same voice that is upon the waters that shakes the wilderness that makes the oak trees arrive and strips the forest bare. It's, you know, that, that is the God who is speaking to Jesus and saying, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. So in some ways, the Psalm is the appetizer towards the main feast of this Sunday, which is a reminder of like the, the glory and beauty and unsurpassed power that is in resident in, you know, our, our Christ, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. And I,
1: I mean, I love Ron Williams and his take on the baptism of Jesus. And he talks about how, you know, this, this same voice, you know, who breaks the cedar trees, that voice who said, this is my son and whom I am well pleased is the voice that says it over you and me. And we, that's why we get baptized. Cause we, you know, model this, um, But by virtue of what Christ has done, you and I have the assurance that this all-powerful voice is pleased with us, despite everything, uh, and loves
0: us, and is moving towards us, and that's the best news of all. Yeah, to quote the best, um, the best national album, you know, to get God is on your side. (laughs) You know, like I know that's used ironically in that song, but it's it's such a powerful gospel truth. You know, that doesn't mean God baptizes all in your wishes. Um, you can invoke God's cause in whatever you're passionate about, but in baptism we are reminded that you know God is on the God whose voice strips the cedars, cedars of Lebanon is on our side. You know He is for us, so who can be against us? Amen. Amen. All right, pray us out. Ascribe to the Lord, you gods. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf. And Mount Hermon like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord splits the flames of fire The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees writhe and strips the forest bare. And in the temple of the Lord, all are crying glory. The Lord sits enthroned above the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forevermore. The Lord shall give strength to his people. The Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace.
1: How about that episode of our try and Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the Outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.